Hey everybody, thank you so much for checking out today's episode of Coming Up In My Sneakers. Today we have Veronica Chu on the podcast. She is a makeup artist and a hairstylist, and uh, she's best known for being Canada's current CoverGirl spokesperson, and she's also worked a lot with supermodel, supermodel Coco Rocha. So welcome, Veronica. Thank you. Thank you so much for uh, coming on the podcast. Of course. Uh, so I want to jump right into that. You know what this is about. It's a yes. come-up story. Um, and I want to jump right in and start off with where you were born. Okay, so I was born in Asia, China to be exact. So my parents are refugees, went from Vietnam to China where I was, I guess, like conceived. But um, we went to, we're Chinese Vietnamese. So we went back to China during the war and we got sponsored. So our family got sponsored to come to Canada. English is a second language. Uh, we came straight downtown and, you know, we, none of us spoke English. So my parents uh, worked in a sweatshop. And oh um, after, like, after my mom saved up enough money, she took an aesthetics course. Oh. So she learned how to do cosmetic tattooing, facials, nails, makeup, hair. Oh, nice. Um, and then she was, she kept saving up her money and then she actually saved enough to open up a beauty clinic in Chinatown where she did like in Toronto in Toronto oh wow yeah it was during, it was during a time where like beauty clinics were huge cosmetic tattooing was booming and especially like in, it was more so in Asia like yes. way before it was here yeah. Right? yeah so that was eyebrows eyeliners lip liners yeah. that that was the main thing and I would watch in fascination I'd so all of a sudden I would I started to associate beauty and joy being one thing. Right. And then so I see my mom. She's, you know, um, bustling now and making money for her family. And then my brother at the time was a closeted homosexual. And we spent mm. a lot of time together. So anytime my mom wasn't home, he would say, do my makeup. Oh, and cool. because my mom was never home because she was working, I would always do his makeup. And then all of a sudden, here's my brother, the other kind of female, quote unquote, in my life finding joy in the makeover. So I started oh. to associate beauty with making people happy, right? And the people that mean the most to me and seeing these women come in and out of my mom's beauty clinic, I would see how they would come in one way and leave with like this renewed sense of confidence and it just allowed them to tackle the day. So obviously I was young, so I'm kind of like absorbing all of this in and 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 myself was actually a tomboy like I hated combing my own hair doing you know anything to do with makeup but my brother just kept like pushing it into my head he's like you know you need to comb your hair you need to do your eyebrows Interesting. yeah he was obsessed with the 90s supermodels he's like you need to be like Cindy Crawford and Christy Turlington I'm like I'm how old are you guys during this time okay you're oh I'm younger like we start I started doing his makeup from when I can remember which is like kindergarten all the way through high school he's gonna kill me for saying that like really late in life like dressing up as a full-on girl nice um because my brother was still figuring out his sexuality of course so and also what it meant to like there's more like familiar definitions of that now versus like is this the early 90s late 80s okay yeah yeah, so like that and you could only imagine that we grew up in scarborough as oh, okay. well so add that into the mix so we grew up in Scarborough. I have a closeted gay Asian bro- brother my parents don't speak a lick of English and so it's 
the one common theme that was going in my family's life was beauty all the time, oh. right? Like the, the cosmetic industry. So, and I always had the best makeup around too, because my mom sold it in her store. Oh, right. And I started to practice like cosmetic tattooing with her because she would let me practice, right? So, um, I was really obsessed with the art of the makeover. So any magazine I would find, because it wasn't YouTube at the time, there was no yeah. Instagram at the time, social media did not exist, I'd have to find before and after pictures in, you know, like the, the teen magazines. Mm-hmm. So I loved seeing like how you can transform your face. And then as time went by, my mom being like the tiger mom she was, she was like, absolutely not. You're <laughs> going to get your education on, go to university and get a degree. So I wanted to appease her, knowing how hard she worked. So I did. I did that. What but did you go for? I went for business. Okay. Um, and I loved business. Like and university that, or college? Both, actually. Oh, nice. Okay. And then at one point, I just had like a moment. And I said to my mom, I'm not happy. I would like to pursue makeup. And she said, all right, well, if you're going to do it, you have to go all the way with it. And I'm not going to help you. Not ah. that she even helps me with anything in life, yeah. but she's like, you need to do it on your own. You're on your There's own. There's like such a value to that. I totally agree. Right. I was raised tough love as well. Yeah. And like now that I'm this age, I'm like, I'm so thankful for it. Yeah. At the time I was like, fuck you. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but like now you're like, okay. <laughs> yeah. Cause so, you get the tools in your toolbox. hundred percent. And I, and then you're just like, okay, great. How do I do this now? So I started looking at makeup schools and I realized how's how expensive they are and they're not government sanctioned it's not like a regular university where you can go get a student loan you actually have to pay for it up front so I was just like well I have no money um so I started to take like you know jobs at the bank I worked for Rogers telecommunications for a oh, long time God. and so feel, um <laughs> sorry for my condolences no but you know what it taught me how to communicate with all sorts of people oh that's true actually and problem solve and that's kind of my job. I problem solve, right? Like I try to figure out how to get the end result by, True. you know, doing A, B, and C. So then I started to apply at all these makeup counters and I kind of fudged and lied my way into working at Holt's Run Through at Sherway Gardens at um, for a company called Stila Cosmetics. And my makeup counter was like as big as this booth. It was teeny tiny. Like you'd walk in and then you'd actually have to reverse out backwards because it was like a oh. tiny little box. But... I just thought to myself, I'm going to learn everything that I possibly can and watch everyone around me, how they do makeup, whatever it is. And in the beginning, I was okay. Like I had a natural talent, but I wasn't amazing by any means. It was a learning curve, but I could sell the shit out of makeup. It was really in tune with what people wanted. Um, So I moved up really quickly in the ranks got transferred to downtown's location on Bloor Street, where it was like kind of the big, the big wig, right? So this girl walks up to me on my first day and she's like, who are you? What's your goal? Where did you come from? I'm like, Sherway Gardens, Veronica Chu, and I'd like to be an artist in New York City. And uh, she was like, okay, well, do you know how to do hair? I said, well, a little bit, yeah, kind of. And she goes, no, but do you know how to do hair? I said, no, I don't. Then the answer is no. <laughs> then no. <laughs> <laughs> and she goes, well, you're never going to make it if you don't know how to do hair. That's what's required in this industry. And I said, well, then I'm going to learn. So I started to teach myself how to do hair. And then, and at this time, there's still no YouTube. There's still no social mm-hmm. media. I know. Can I pause you for yeah. two seconds? I feel like you're going to get through this in like one minute. <laughs> you're doing a great job. But I just want to like pull you back for one second because yeah. I have some questions to ask you during yes. all of this. So give me like the general 
um, like how old were you when you graduated high school? Just so we can oh, okay. kind of like place like in time right, where this right. was. Uh, so I'm 18 when I finished high school. Sorry, and, and what year is that? Oh God, that's what I mean. I don't mean to like okay, ask your age, Heather. But now I'm you're so, going. Now this is crazy. I'm sorry, you're getting crazy. The, the reason for my yeah, yeah, yeah. is because like so technology wise, I know so, so much has changed. Okay, 100%. so late 90s. Yes, we can stick. Is, we can stick with that. 100. So, like I'm a child of the 90s. Right? Okay. So I grew up so in the 90s. So there's like zero, zero nothing. Like nothing. not even like MSN Messenger. Because like no. my era is like no, there was no, like no. a little teeny tiny. No. That was starting to bloom. You know what I mean? But this is I didn't zero. even have email. We were, oh, so, we shit. didn't even, I had a pager. <laughs> no. Okay. Wait. I had, oh I didn't even, we didn't even have cell phones. We had, for us, it was a pay phone. And then we would, like, when we had um, payphone cards, that was the big thing. You could actually buy yes, a card. I do remember this. Put in money and then call your friends. And that was, like, technology at its greatest. And then pagers came out. And I got, like, a clear pager. And it was cool because you could talk on the pager as your message. I think I actually remember those. And the clear, like, the clear yeah, ones. it was exactly. clear. So yeah. you can see inside. And I played Jodeci. Do you know what Jodeci yes, is? Yes, I absolutely I have this do. this Jodeci track on the back. And it, like, started off, like, and I said, hey, what's up? <laughs> <laughs> you reached Veronica's pager. <laughs> this is the best thing I've ever leave heard. Leave me your digits life. and I'll hit you back real soon. And you would leave your phone number and, and write like 911. Or if yeah, it was like, a girlfriend or something, you'd say 143 for I love you. Right. I do um, remember that too. So those were the codes. But then you'd have to run to a payphone, grab your calling card, and then try to call your friend back wherever they were. So that was kind of the era that I'm in. So okay. there's, there is nothing. Nothing. It's only as I started to get a little bit older and by the time I worked at the makeup counters then there was emails and internet just like was getting there but it was a dial-up still oh god I do remember <laughs> yeah, that it was still a dial-up so you couldn't cut up the phone line yeah exactly right <laughs> and then oh at that time fashion television existed yes I remember so that fashion too. television the Canadian show and I would watch it and anytime there was like a backstage when Jeannie Becker would go backstage I would look for the makeup and hair area and try to absorb anything that I possibly could right so it was a time that so it, did like, you sorry really quickly I know you said that you wanted to be in New York City was yes. that because of the fashion element there yes. okay so yeah, it wasn't sure. so you always just gravitated towards like fashion makeup and hair yes okay I, and yeah that was my that was my goal and I think for me as well being someone who's not from Canada moved to Canada I actually like this is a fun fact didn't get my Canadian citizenship until later in life like when I'm, I'm talking about my 20s so I yes. had never gone anywhere up until I was 20 I never traveled, traveled or anything right? except from being in Asia so the only places I went to was uh, I think I went to Montreal twice and that was it Wow. So I had never left. So for me, um, I wanted to get out of Canada and go to the place where fashion existed. And to me, the only place I knew where it existed was New York City. Totally, yeah. So that was kind of my goal at that time. And I was going to strive to work towards that. I didn't know how I was going to do it, but I just knew that I was going to do it. And while I was working at the makeup counters at Holtz Renfrew, I got the opportunity to go to New York and work an event in New York City. Stop this. Yeah, so I'm... Did you get it through the makeup counter? I got it through my company. Oh, Yeah, because I'd worked my way up and learned and I was a great seller. So they wanted me to go and do an event, a couple of events with the owner at the time. So I'm like, yes, Yes. sign me up. And And do do Fashion Week. Shut up. That's so fun. So Fashion Week, 
I'm freaking out. I only just got my Canadian citizenship. I was going to say, do you even have a passport at this time? No, not at this time. At this time, could you not still go to the U.S. with a license? You could if you have a birth certificate. And I didn't have one. Um, So being a refugee, everything was like lost, you know, in transit. So I didn't have anything. So I quickly applied for my Canadian citizenship at that time because I was finally legally allowed to. Got it like literally a week before I was supposed to travel. I didn't oh tell the God. company that I didn't have it because yeah. I didn't want to ruin my chances. So I, and again, internet didn't exist. So I didn't even know how to travel. My friend had to tell me to get to the airport two to three hours yeah. earlier. I said, why? My <laughs> flight's not till nine. I'll just show up at 8.45. <laughs> and she's like, no, 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 But I no, guess no. you would just not know how would I know if you've never, I know. I never like, traveled. Yeah. Right. So, and neither did my family. Right. So I get to the airport. I'm in. I'm in shock of what is happening. I'm on the airport on a plane by myself going to New York for the first time. It is life-changing, Yeah, I right? can't even imagine. I get out of the airport, and the last thing my mom said to me was, do not get into a car with strangers. So I get out of, uh, I think it was New York, and this man comes up to me and says, do you need a ride? I was like, no, 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 no. Stranger danger. <laughs> Stranger danger. I can't get in a car with you, right? <laughs> so I, I go line up where the cabs are, go to Man- in the middle of Manhattan. The guy drops me off, and I'm standing there by a red light, and everyone's just pushing me out of the way. And I don't understand what's happening because there's a red light. And I realize that everyone in New York walks on a red light. Yeah, a thousand percent. I don't know this, but it was just like, a, so I'm in New York for for my first time. I'm going to do a New York fashion, New York fashion, um, fashion shoot. I'm going to meet the owner of my company. I'm going to work with other artists. This is like mind blowing for me, right? This is unbelievable. And how old are you at this time? I'm around 23. Three, twenty-four. Wow, so that's yeah. like really young still to like. Still very, very yeah. young, right? And I'm not the best yet. Yeah. You know, I'm like salesperson first and then artist then, second, right. right? So everything was new. So I'm there I am at New York Fashion Week, don't know what's happening, and everyone is getting these models. And these are the girls that I see in the magazines. Mm-hmm. Like these are top-tier models. And finally, I'm the only one <laughs> that doesn't have a model. I'm like, okay, well, they're saving the worst for last, clearly. Yeah, yeah. And this beautiful girl sits in front of me, and I start doing her makeup, and I'm nervous, you know, as fuck. Yeah. And so I finally ended up doing her makeup. She's like, so where's the party at afterwards? So I was like, I'm from Canada. <laughs> like, I don't know. This you, is the party. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You are my party. Yeah. You need to tell me where to go. And then I remember after she left, somebody said, oh, who did so-and-so? And someone pointed to me because apparently she was like a huge model. I didn't know who she was. And they're like, why did she she get that girl? And it was a and you're really like, Who the fuck? yeah no 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 it, it was more like a humbling experience because I knew I was you know bottom of the list and the fact that I got her by mistake and this is Kogo Roshai right or no this is oh not sorry Kogu okay yeah Kogo doesn't exist yet oh, and okay. so this is just me as a baby still so th- is this just like the best model is she like a name she's just like a big name I don't remember what her name is but she was huge okay. I looked her up afterwards I was like oh my god I understand why wow. now I know um, everyone's shocked that I got her so fast forward later. I go back to Toronto you know my life has changed now I am super super focused on getting to New York yeah you got a taste still don't know how but I'm gonna do it so I moved my way up the ranks so I became a trainer for Stila but still worked at the counter so I did a lot of training and taught other freelance makeup artists how to sell and do makeup which helped me like refine my own skills 
And so after that, I, I was at the counter for about five years and I had to figure out what do I want to do? Do I want to stay and work retail all my life or am I actually going to be an artist? So I thought to myself, this is the time. So I broke free. Uh, I went to a makeup agency at that time and asked if they were looking for assistance. And how did you even know to do that? Because a lot of people don't right. even realize the agency world exists. So at this point, I had made friends with people in the makeup world at the makeup counter level. And they knew people. They had friends mm. in it. And sometimes we would have these events. We would have freelancers come in. And they would say, oh, I'm with this agency, that agency. Um. And I was like, "What is? what is all of this? And then I started to ask questions right and then you start making friends who also want to be aspiring stylists aspiring photographers and then you learn you start to learn rapidly so I went to an agency at that time called artist group looking and I said I want to be an assistant so they said okay well you need to work on your book and you need to do some creative so I started to do creatives with just anybody who would do a creative with me I was I was doing it so it was also very very new um and I did a lot of I do like I think 100 low budget Canadian music videos mm, for wow, hip-hop artists rock artists pop art didn't matter nice. I was working 14 hour set days for next to nothing like I was shelling out money to um, stock my kit Right. And to get me to to point A to point B on these music videos. But I learned really rapidly how to do makeup quickly. Nice. And on all sorts of skin types, hair types, whatever it was, right? Nice. And, worked, and then I started, I, I landed my first artist that Which way. Was? Her name was Ivana Sintilli. Okay, nice. She was this like jazz funk artist at the time. And she was really soulful. And I... Through her, I did my first CD cover, my first music video, my first um, Canadian editorial, you nice. know, where they spotlight the artist. So I started to like dabble into that. And then as time went on, my name started to bounce around. And then I got with another big artist um, who's uh, Keisha Shante, who oh, still okay. is still around. Around. Yeah. And so this is all through the agency? No, or? this is through myself. Oh, this is through yourself. Yeah, okay. I was just an assistant with right, an agency. Right, right. So the, the agency sent me on a couple Oh yeah, because they said like they want you to build your book. Sorry. Yeah. So I'm building my book at that time. I assisted a couple of... Uh, people and it was a horrible experience right because if you can imagine you're young unexperienced so people at the time the business was really bustling they treated you like shit you mm -hmm. know like you were cleaning brushes you were doing whatever they wanted to do so and they didn't treat you the best and I quickly realized I don't want to assist yeah if I need to do this I need to do this on my own and so I stopped I just oh, okay. stopped assisting altogether and I just did my own thing and I started to work with all these Canadian artists and then through that, that's when I started to build my book and then people start to know about me. And nice. then I started to get these random like little fashion jobs here and there. Fast forward a little bit more, in comes this new agency that was associated, that was American and was um, associated with Next Models. And they were looking for new artists that were unsigned. What was the um, uh, agency called? Called Artist by Timothy Priano. That's, so a, that's not around anymore, is it? Yeah, they are. Oh, really? Yeah, oh, they're okay. American based. They're not oh, okay. Canadian based. Oh, but they just had like an arm here or something? Or? They were connected with all the Next Models worldwide. Oh, okay. So they opened up a Canadian branch. Oh, okay. they, yeah, so that's kind of how they came. So a model that worked with me was like, oh, I know this girl. She's a freelancer. You should look into her. And so they called me in for an interview. I came in and they're like, you're exactly what we want. Mm. So let's sign you up on this roster. I was like, amazing. So they started to, like, I started to do jobs on my own. And because they were American, they were just like, they had a big roster. So fast forward to one of their, our first tiffs with them. 
they had all these like A-listers and they put me together with an A-lister actor right away. Who? And so it was Dustin Hoffman. Oh my God, no way. And uh, which was huge for me. I was like, oh my God, like why, why does he need me? Of course. So we met, I worked with him. He quite liked me. And then I ended up traveling with him through like the world. We went to Chicago, no Paris, way. London. Yeah. And um, so you were like his personal makeup artist. Well, yeah. Cause he was doing a, a press junket for a film that he was in. Hey. So I think the agency at that time was like, who is this girl? Yeah. Like we give her an A-lister and then all of a and sudden just, she lands it. Yeah. Right. Like that doesn't happen very often. So I started working on that, and in Toronto, my career started picking up. I was doing a bit more fashion, and then I got introduced to a photographer, um, and uh, my agent at the time was like, you need to meet him because I feel like you guys would make great photos together, and so I went and met him, and we did, and his name is Moo. He goes by Moo King, and that's when my I started to change. Like Everything started to change for me because I went from... I want to move to New York. I want to do A, B, and C to let me just hone it back and figure out who I am as an artist. Because I think that was what was missing. I was so hyper-focused on New York as a goal, but, but I didn't know the, the steps to get there, mm-hmm. right? Because I, I hadn't really refined who I was as an artist. And when I started to work with Moo, he started to make me look at art in a different way and fashion in a different way, um, make it more personal versus like this kind of thing that I'm doing. Right. right? It's, it's, it's like the so, inner artist inside versus a job. Yeah. Yeah. So would you say now, um, like, I don't want to be like, oh, would you redo it a different way? Yeah. But like, if you were like, if your current goal was to get to New York, yeah. you never had been there before, would, would the steps be slightly different or would you have like done anything differently? No, I don't think so. Because I, I think that all my missteps is what got me to where I, I am yeah. today. Right. So you can't say that. And everyone's journey is so different, right? Like totally, yeah. I, I learned how to do makeup because my parents were refugees how can I tell the next girl behind me, be like, hey, learn how to do makeup because your brother's closeted, you grew up in Scarborough, yeah. your parents don't speak English, and your mom is tattooing on a piece of flank steak. Yeah. Like that, that you <laughs> know what way, I mean? That's like, hilarious. That is something that is me. Right. So then when I had met Moo, I remember I said to him, I'm moving to New York, this is my goal. And he's like, well, I want to move to New York too. And I was like, okay, well, let's go. And um, at the time, Timothy Prano, I was talking to them, I said, you know, like, I need a sponsor. Are you guys going to be my sponsor? They said, okay, well, these are the requirements that you need to get an O-1 visa. And if you do it, we're on board. So I did. So I, we, I spent the next year. How did you get it? You have to um, have a certain amount of tears and a certain amount of letters and a certain amount of accreditation um, to get it. So it takes a while to build that up. So I did that. And then um, they sponsored me. Nice. essentially so, how long did it take you to build that uh it took me at that point i had been working up to it so i think the whole process took me about i want to say less than a year okay good. so it was pretty rapid when it started yeah because you already right? had like a pretty decent yeah book. like i had been working before that so i moved to new york um and i started to work and grind in new york city which was where i wanted to be um, how did you feel when you finally got there were you like holy oh shit i did it or like it was just shocking like you're just in shock you don't really feel situated until never. Yeah. Because like, every day you wake up and you're like, I live in New York City. Like, what is going on? Like, how did I get to where I am today? Yeah. Um, so every day was just like a new day for me to experience everything New York had to offer. Uh, and I knew the realism of it was I was still going to be like a baby minnow in this huge like ocean of artists. The best of the best are here. And I am, you know, uh, the best of a smaller 
you know, pond. Yeah. Because Toronto was teeny tiny compared to New York City, right? So Mm -hmm. I know that I need to work and absorb just as I did in Toronto, but like a thousand times more. So I was willing to put in the work and the grit. Um, I was there for about a year, and unfortunately, I fell into a family emergency oh, no. that brought me back to Toronto. That's okay. And Can I, I ask what happened? Uh, I just had a family member that was ill, oh, so I had sorry. to realize, I think, like, what do I want to do? Do I go and follow my dreams, or do I um, come back to Toronto and be with my family? So I decided that I would come back, be with my family, and then eventually go back to New York. Yeah, because you can always do that. Yeah, but things uh, didn't go the way it planned so I had to stay in Toronto for a lot longer and oh. at that point at time, a lot of time had elapsed and I had to make the decision my agency called me up and said you're, you're either coming back because we need to renew your visa now mm-hmm. or um, you you're stay not. in Toronto and I said you know for right now I need to stay in Toronto That's, still because of the family member yeah okay so at that point I hit a kind of a low point where I was just like oh my god you know I'm back in Toronto this is not this wasn't written in my card, so what mm-hmm. do I do? Did you have any family members like pressuring you to come back, or was it no. solely your decision? No, it was 100% my decision. That's good. Because yeah. at least you can reflect back and be like, no, I decided that. Yeah. I wasn't like swayed by anybody. No, 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 like, no. 100% my decision, and not, like I don't regret it for a moment. Good. There was a moment where I was like, what am I doing with my life? But that yeah. had nothing to do with my decision. It was more, um, you know, you just need to now reconvene and restructure what your plan is and that's mm-hmm. what I did so I was with a and it's like a blessing sometimes to it, get that refresh 100%, of like okay yeah. like I've done all of this yeah. shit let's take a break for a sec and yeah. like where am I going yeah so I started working again as per normal like how I did before and I was working in Toronto and I think I want to say like a year passed at that point and in comes Coco Rocha so where I'm, where are you I'm I'm on a job okay. I'm on a job where her and I have to work together for like I can't remember it was like four days but like all day long from morning to night morning oh, wow. to night and you're so, doing her hair and her makeup I'm doing uh I did her hair and makeup for one of them and then I was yeah I did a hair and makeup for both of them yes correct okay nice and so we spent a lot of time together and I remember we really bonded and connected and this, at this point I was like she's Coco Rocha you know she's like top tier model she doesn't live in Toronto but she is a Vancouver like Canadiana girl but she lives in New York City I did not know she was from Vancouver she is I she's had a Van no City girl. Yeah. yeah no way so she has like those really good like Canadian values which I really enjoy but she's like New York to the core right, right. because she's lived there pretty much from the beginning of her career and she says to me afterwards she's like um, I have this job that might be upcoming let's keep in touch I'm like okay cool so she keeps in touch with me. But a lot of people say they will, mm-hmm. but they don't. And they fall they off don't. or whatever, yeah. But she actually did. And oh, nice. she called me up. She's like, okay, I need you to come to New York. It's going to be a month. you got to move here. And I said, oh, well, wait. <laughs> I can't do that. And she's like, it's a month. Let's do this. Like, it's going to be so much fun. I want you. I need you to come. So I remember just talking to my family about it. And they're just like, you need to go. It's only oh, a month. That's nice. Yeah, because you don't even really have to like. If it's just for a month, you can almost just like rent a place for a month. And, exactly, like, come back. and stay there. And but I, I have to work on my visa though. I know that's a so bitch about um, that. But at that point, I, I felt like you know what, this is a great opportunity, and it's time. So I did. Nice. So I worked on my visa. I had another sponsor, um, and I got it. 
and I went and I worked with Coco on this show called The Face. Um, okay. It was like a modeling competition show uh, that she was on, and she was one of the judges. Oh, nice. So we worked day in, day out, like for a month and a half. It kind of worked out to be. And then afterwards, we did press like uh, throughout um, the U.S., so it was like a very intensive job and we got really close at that point because we've been working together, uh, did like a thousand looks together and Holy we shit. continued, even though the show didn't renew for another season, her and I continued on our relationship. Nice. So anytime she would get a job, she would reco that and ask that they hire her person, which was me. Um, and we, so we did that for, I think, four years oh wow on and off so, so I had like a really good working relationship yeah with and we traveled the world we went to Australia and Asia and oh nice Texas and all these so could you like places. text her right now be like hey how are you yes I could do that oh my god that's awesome <laughs> um but you know as time goes by and she like I started to have more roots in Toronto and I was living out of my suitcase for mm-hmm. many many years and um in comes CoverGirl offering me a contract to be their Canadian spokesperson nice. and um and talking to her it was just the right decision for me to take this opportunity so you've tr- you've traveled the world and now you're like starting like what you're doing is over and now you're like okay maybe I'll come back or did they contact no. you while so you were I was still living in I was still based in Toronto Okay. So I would just go back and forth to okay. wherever our jobs were, but I was still working as a freelancer in Toronto, okay. working in the fashion industry. So you're still like sort of full time ish yes. here. Okay. Yeah. So I'm back and forth, back and forth, and then but when CoverGirl came through and I landed the contract, you know, I have to be here more often. Right. And um, what does that entail? Like, what does that actually mean to be their right. spokesperson? So I am kind of like their front-facing person. So whenever there's a new launch of a product, I'll talk to media about the product, oh, or okay. we'll do an event, and the event will be centered about me basically introing this new product to whomever we invite to the event, and I do a lot of things that. Um, you won't ever see consumer-wise, like behind the scenes. Okay. And then... Um, like demonstrations, maybe? Demonstrations. I talk to a lot of the retailers for them um, in, in a makeup, from a makeup artist point of view. I'm okay. basically showing people how to use this, in my words. And then on top of that, I do like any media requests. If they need anything, I'll go out and do a TV show or give quotes on how a product works. Nice. So it's it's basically like a very all-encompassing spokesperson role okay. um, that you have contractually, right? So nice. I started doing that, and you realize really quickly that they need you in Toronto mm-hmm. to do things on a regular basis. So I had to um, just slow down working with Coco, and at that point, too, she was having a baby. So oh, okay. it was the perfect timing for all of this to happen yeah. for me and I still like work. you had a good run and then yeah like, and it was of. a long it was a long time at that point yeah I had to start saying no to jobs because I I was obligated to be here for whatever it was so she needed to find other people as well so um I still love her and I still work with her every time she comes to Toronto oh, nice. and if she can get me on a job like outside of New York then I will I still will go with her and she's still one of my best friends and that's amazing uh, yeah so then that's kind of what leads me to here to today. today. I yeah. didn't even need to be here. Yeah, no, 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 no. <laughs> that's awesome. And, uh, yeah, so so now I still do all of that stuff. And, and are you with an agency now? No, so now I'm freelance. I'm okay. 100% freelance. 
So hit me up if you need me. Um, and I love it. You know, I'm at a point in my life where I can self-manage myself and I know what I want and I can uh, work out contracts on my own. Nice. And, um, you know, sometimes it's scary. Sometimes it's fun. It's all those things in one. But I, I feel as though I'm at a point in my life that I can do that. And mm-hmm. I'm really grateful to be able to still work and, and make a career out of it on my own. Yeah, on your and own on terms. my own terms. Yeah. Totally. There you go. Ooh, see, and each other's see, see, see. Um. So, what? So you had like I obviously you're super driven, and I yeah. I love that about you, and I think that it definitely has to do with like your background, where you came from. Obviously, your right. parents, I'm sure, had a massive thing to do with it. Yes. Um. Anyone like coming from outside of the country, and then you have to like you know make it your own and right. uh, learn the language. Like you're yes. only going to develop amazing skills. Yeah. Um. But where, like, do you have, like, your New York goal was, like, so important to you and you got it. Do you have something like that now that's in your head, kind of, like, lingering around? Right, right. Um, Like, I'm so happy to be in Toronto now. You know, it's weird because, like, everyone always says, well, you know, do you think you're going to go back at some point? And what makes you say that? Like, have you just, like, seen the world and then you're, like, thankful that this is home? Yeah, like, our healthcare system is so amazing. That's, like, the first thing that really opened my eyes to coming back. And the second thing is I have traveled in, I have lived in New York. And I have traveled through America and I realized how blessed we are being here and how safe it is and yeah. clean, clean it clean, is. Yeah. Our healthcare system's great. And we have everything that we need. Toronto obviously is a smaller market, but within that smaller market, the community is a bit tighter and you can actually achieve your goals faster mm-hmm. than you can being in New York City. I mean, New York City, you're obviously playing in a larger field and you have more notoriety and people will know you more and all of that stuff. But at the same time, that wasn't my goal. Mm-hmm. That's, that's not why I wanted to move to New York. I think moving to New York when I was younger was more just getting out of the country, mm-hmm. right? And a country that, that gave me everything, but I felt trapped in mm-hmm. because I literally could not leave. Yeah. And now that I have left for so many years, I've traveled back and forth. Like let's say for the last 10 years, I've traveled back and forth. I've held three American visas. That's three years. That's nine years of my time and travel back and forth. I'm good. Like I yeah. feel like I've gotten it out of my system and now I'm in Toronto. I love my city. I find the industry amazing and bustling and it's always growing and it's what you make out of it, right? Mm-hmm. And how you grow your own social media presence, your own career, your own platform is it doesn't matter where you, you're at, you know, you, yeah. look at you, you know, you're here doing your podcast in Toronto, mm-hmm. not in New York and not in LA. It's great to be those places, but at the same time, why not do the things that we love where we're from yeah. around the people we love? Yeah. No, a thousand percent. And like, if you love it enough, you'll see success regardless. Right. Like even, you know, thinking about all those people, um, like even, oh my gosh, that DJ, I'm like drawing a blank, but he was from like, not Amsterdam, but like a really tiny little, right. like like Sweden or something, like yes. little European country that yeah. you're like, what? Like, yeah. you know what I mean? Just like, there's so many examples like that from all over the world. Right. But yeah, no, I, I couldn't agree more with you. Yeah. So and you're I, just like. Yeah. No, I mean like the long-term goals and of course I still have goals. Yeah. Okay. This is right? what I want to yeah. know. Because no, like, now it seems like you're happy, which is great. Yes. And you're good. But yes. yeah, I'm just curious because you're so I'm, driven that like yeah. I have to imagine you have some. Yeah. Like I'm always working on different things and trying to uh, not rebrand, but just add to 
to uh, what I already do. And I love so many different things. And obviously, we, we live in such a social world. So trying to get your voice out to all these different people in a different way is something that you, I do. So like right now, I'm actually, I have a regular spot on the Maryland Dennis Show. So oh, nice. I'm usually on like once a month doing a beauty segment. So that's a new thing for me, just being doing more television and showing people how to do uh, makeup on TV versus like, just in a photo shoot portion or yeah. and um, are like you is this through covergirl or are you no, using covergirl stuff it's whatever you want yeah okay, nice. covergirl is separate you know it's yeah. a separate part of my it's like Career. one of the many things that i do mm-hmm. right it's like makeup hair photo shoots um tv covergirl yeah you know it's just one of and i think that some people think that oh i just do covergirl or i just know it's you just do it all mm-hmm. at one time and you try to fit it all in um and now it's like i'm trying to branch out more in this like Instead of thinking of me as a makeup artist and hairstylist, I'm more just like I'm myself and I'm interested in so many different things, right? I love fashion. Like I love sneakers. Mm-hmm. I love um, wearing high fashion fashion. And then I love just wearing jogging pants, a t-shirt and a pair of sneakers and a cap. Um, and But right now my new obsession is it has nothing to do with beauty. It's a boxing and doing Muay Thai. Yeah, yeah. I know. You're really into that. I'm so into That's it right amazing. now. I'm like, I want to become like a, a the next Shaolin makeup warrior where I can make you beautiful one day and then like just kick your ass. Be you up yeah. also. <laughs> yeah. No, no. I know. This, this is all just more for like, because I think it's like all internal, right? Like if you feel good inside, you'll feel good outside like it all kind of relates to one one another because I think even just like circling back to why I do what I do is not just making the prettiest face it's just about feeling good inside and what I my whole motto about beauty in general is do whatever you need to do to get you through the day you know, mm-hmm. the day is hard enough as is. And if that means putting on some mascara, putting on like, your favorite pair of sneakers, or just hitting a boxing bag, then that's what you're going to do. Yeah. And so I think like doing the boxing and the Muay Thai has given me this new outlook on like female, as cheesy as it sounds, but female strength. Mm-hmm. Because, you know. No, it's not cheesy. That's okay. It's a thing for a reason, I think, yeah. right? Because it's like. You know, we're we're still coming of that. Right. Like even in 2019, that's yes. still a thing. Like yeah. it has to be peeled back layer by layer. It's gonna take more years, I think. Oh, 100 percent. Well. I go boxing at this place called Drop Boxing, and the owner Lara is a female, and she's like one of the strongest girls I know, women I know. And you know, you hit shit, and you just feel good, and you let out that aggression, but then you smile, and you just feel better about yourself afterwards and you feel stronger physically Mm -hmm. and mentally stronger that you were able to do that for an hour push yourself to a physical limit that you didn't think that you could Mm -hmm. and then you do it and then you just feel amazing and then then my muay thai is completely opposite gym it's like a boys fight club gym it's not fancy you know the walls are like falling apart and (laughs) and it's a different experience and 
I use a different part of my body and it expresses me in a different way. And I think it all together combines to um, allow me to become more of a well-rounded person because if I just thought makeup, 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 hair, hair, hair all day, yeah. I think that I would be very one-noted and that's not who I am. Like I totally. love every a little bit of everything. I love food. I love fashion. I love beauty. I love, you know, um, the technical sides, photography, retouching, post-production. Mm -hmm. you know I'm one of those girls that love tech yeah as well like I'm not afraid of tech like mm -hmm. I want to learn more about tech and I think that like a lot of girls get intimidated by it um and I get it it's very it's hard right mm -hmm. so I just like to break the boundaries of what people think that girls can and cannot do mm -hmm. so when they meet me they're like oh you're a makeup artist oh you do hair cute yeah, I'm yeah. Like, I also punch a bag for like an hour to two hours a day yeah and can uh, work a computer and can, and can you like know, HTML your ass exactly no. <laughs> I wish but, I know. you know Ugh. but still like it's just yeah, yeah. it's like you said like there are some people that love the idea of a nine to five yeah. and love the stability of it. Mm -hmm. I totally get that, right? Like sometimes I think, could I do a nine to five? Yeah. <laughs> should but I try Should it? I try to do a nine to five? <laughs> and then I think about it. I'm like, how could I do a nine to five? I'm literally all over the place. My yeah. schedule changes from day to day to day. And I'm okay with that. I'm mm -hmm. okay with doing everything all in one day and doing nothing, nothing. all yeah. in one day. I hear so, you. I mean, I rarely do nothing all in one day, but still, yeah. you know, it's nothing just... Nothing, it could be, like, just watching movies, like, you're still doing something that's valuable to you, yes. but, like, to most people, would, they would say nothing, but I, I get yeah. what you're saying. Yeah, watching movies while answering my emails, while yeah. planning my schedule, while sending an yeah, invoice, exactly. while, you know, A, B, and C, and that, to me, is doing nothing. Yeah. You know, so... But it's very, it's, you need those days, they're, like, need required. Them. Yeah, they, you need to rejuvenate yourself. Exactly. Regenerate yourself. And I think it's so important too, uh, and I love what you're doing. Like, I feel like for the last, like, it sounds like 10, 15-ish yeah. years, you've been like career, 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 yeah. and like, you've done such an amazing job of building it, and like, yes. now it's time to enjoy, like, I think some of the fruits of your labor, yeah. and like, work on your Muay Thai, work yes. on your, you know, maybe you cook, or you bake, or sometimes, yeah. or whatever, yeah, like. No, 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 I don't cook. Okay, or go I to restaurants bake, that are, you yeah, like. <laughs> I jump on my electric, I jump on my electric scooter, <laughs> and I like, scoot around the lake, and you know, take a moment for myself. Yeah which a lot of the times in this crazy industry, in this world, you, you just, it's hard to tune out. Totally. Right? And, and, and you're, there's also that element of fear because like yes. if you're, if you miss a day or you miss yes. something, you're like, oh my God, am I not going to get booked now? Or like, yeah. am I, like it's, yeah. it's crazy no, pressure. It really is like, I just learned what the do not disturb button on your phone was and I tried it yesterday. <laughs> Before this podcast? Yeah, yesterday for the first time and it freaked me out. Like I woke up at 7 a.m. and looked at my phone because I wanted to make sure I didn't miss, miss out on anything because I turned off, turned this button on. Yeah. And then you told me to turn it on again to make sure like nobody disturbs us. And I'm like, oh, oh my okay, God. yeah, yeah, I need to turn this on. And this it's, a, th it's yeah. a thing, right? Like because you need to focus Totally. what you're doing and t turn yourself off just exactly. for 45 minutes to an hour. That's important. It it's is. It's really important. A thousand percent. Um, okay, so I want to ask you about your favorite footwear. Okay. And that those are the sneakers that you brought yes. today. I love them because anybody listening knows that I'm obsessed with neon. Um, yeah. So I freaking love your sneakers so much. Uh, but tell me why you brought them and why you love them. Okay, so oddly enough, if you know me, I wear black on black on black all the time I think I've every time I've ever seen you that's what you've been yeah. wearing <laughs> yeah exactly so all but the thing that people don't know about me is if I'm gonna do a color if I'm gonna add a print or whatever it has to be bold 
right? So right now, obviously, neon's so hot and it's everywhere. So I was actually looking for these Nike Vapor Max, they're the new, new ones, in black. So I looked for them and they come in a gray and black color, which more gray than black. And I didn't like that. So I'm on Nike's online and I'm thinking, okay, but I really like this sneaker. What other colors does it come in? So I'm looking, 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 and I see the neon ones. I'm like, cool, that looks good. But I didn't like the bubble it came with and I didn't like the laces it came in with. But I realized I can customize. Yes, that's so And I've so never key. done one. So I started to customize. I was clicking, clicking, clicking. So I just made everything neon. The laces, the bubble. So this the, is totally customized is, to you. Yeah, so I made it. And I'm like, okay, now what do I do? So I hit click and I paid for it. And then a month later, here's this box from Nike that says Nike custom for you, Veronica. Amazing. Like, like mind blown. I opened them up and there they are yeah. custom to me. And I put them on like it was like a Cinderella slipper moment. Amazing. And I just thought to myself, wow, these are bright. Yeah. Like they are a lot brighter in person than when you see it online. Right? Yeah, totally. So I put them on and literally right away, I went out and people were stopping me on the street. People were staring at my feet. People were asking questions. And to this day, people still do that. Like constantly, constantly, constantly ask me about my shoes, um, which I love. And then I paired it with the Nike like neon socks again like I love the juxtaposition of just going bright and then wearing everything else black yeah so they're super comfortable I love vapor maxes right now like I'm obsessed I think I own four to five pairs of vapor maxes and I have um these other nike vapor maxes um that are coming that you're gonna Mm. love because it's black and neon and it was a collabo with nike and acronym oh okay Um, oh i think i saw something about that yeah it's really cool and they were sold out and i managed to get my hands on them so i can't wait to try them out and then yeah so i'm a big sneakerhead. i love like nike but i love also like designer sneakers so i own um I think I own like two pairs of Balenciaga sneakers. I love those. Um, too. I have the Vetmall Reebok sneaker sneaker collabo, which I really really love. Nice. Um, but then I also love uh, what else do I love? Adidas, obviously. Mm-hmm. Like I, you know, I just love sneakers in general as long as they're comfortable. Yeah. Um, but I remember the first pair. This is like like all the way back to my days in Scarborough, Nike was everything, right? Like mm-hmm. if you didn't have Nikes, forget it. But yeah, like, there was Nike. There was a brand called like British Knights, the BKs. I do remember those. Yeah. BKs, LA Gear was kind of yes. big. Reebok was hot at that time. Adidas was there, but it was like very soccer driven. Very, back then. yeah. Um, so I remember I got a pair of, I saved up all my money, went to Foot Locker and got these speckly pair of white Nikes. And it was speckly green and I was in love with like I died for these but my friend had a pair of Air Jordans Nike Jordans like the red and black pair I which is lo- vintage like, but yeah, this I mean, wasn't vintage at it was, that like, time. New. It was like the actual they just ones. re-released them again but I they're know. like classics forever I know so I had these new ones that they were cheap like compared to the Jordans the Jordans were expensive even back then yeah and she loved mine so I said, well, do you want we used to trade shoes all the time and Perfect. you would wear mine, I'd wear yours. And one day she said to me, can I just keep your shoes? And I said, excuse me? <laughs> I said, do I get to keep your Jordans? And she said, yeah, of course. So I, I swapped oh my, God. my cheap pair of like Nike speckle, nothing, nothing special about them for her red and black 
Jordans. Oh my god! And, and they're I like was, the most coveted Jordan that now, like you can today, get. And I wish I had kept them back in I the know. day. You didn't know. I just right? want to like slap myself in the face yeah. for all of the shit that I like threw out, even got yeah. rid of. Yes. Like space is always an issue, but I'm like, uh, like I got rid of so many nice. I things. know, I know. I wish I kept those Jordans because they would probably be worth something. Yeah, now. and it's just like nostalgia, right? For sure. Um, I, I'm sure my but has grown since then, but I'm not 100% <laughs> sure. But I just saw it like, what a sucker. Like, yeah. I just suckered her. Yeah, literally. And but I, like, I, if she liked them more, then she was she more. really a sucker? Yeah. Like, it's like, she almost just didn't I care. Yeah, she just didn't care. I think she just, her family had more money than me. So for me, it was like, it was like a bigger deal. Yeah, yeah, this was a pair of Nikes, the first pair I ever got that I saved up for. And she had lots of shoes. So Jordans didn't mean anything to her, but it meant the world to me. Right. And I always still remember that as my first pair of real sneakers. Because prior to that, I owned a pair of Chucks. Yeah. You know, but Chucks aren't, you know, they fall apart and they're not really like, like sneaker, athletic sneakers, sneakers yeah. where you're doing sports in exactly whereas these were like sport driven shoes not that I played basketball at all when I was younger <laughs> I'm like way too small even back then to play basketball but I played other things like yeah. soccer and whatever but um but now you can I'm even old. just like be a, a kid in the 90s like running around the streets yeah. in them like totally. that was the athletic in itself yeah. like yeah absolutely all, they, all the fences you'd hop in like yeah. just running around and stuff yeah like, yeah it's really cool and I, I mean like now sneakers are the throwbacks are so crazy I just did a, a campaign I think I worked with the Reebok and Re- Reebok was releasing the classics Oh, nice. You know, and I'm like, I remember these classics when, from when I was, out. they were not a classic. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, oh my God, how old am I that shoes are classics now that like your generation yeah. would, not that I'm that much older than you, Heather, <laughs> but I'm just saying. I know, right? <laughs> well, you certainly don't look it, that's for sure. Thank you. It's the Asian, you know, and then I'm just going to look old one day. I'm going to sharp pay up. Like but. one time. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> but for right now, it's all good. That's good. Um, okay, and then very quickly too, yes. um, one uh, key piece of advice you could give to somebody that is walking a similar path to you currently. Oh my gosh. I know there's like so much there's advice. so many advice. Like, wear sunscreen so you'll look I know, young right? all your like, life. I would say for someone walking in my life, and this was kind of uh, advice that was given from someone else to me, and I've kind of adopted um this advice was always just like to try and find out what your inner voice is saying to express yourself because I think in a world where we're so inundated with information and imagery we like to emulate somebody else like Mm -hmm. I want to be like this celebrity I want to look like this girl or guy and be like them instead we're all individuals and what makes you uniquely you is within you and sometimes it's so hard to shut off the world and and figure that out but once you do it's okay to be yourself and be an individual and listen to that inner voice telling you things because usually it's it's the right way it may not be the most conventional or the popular vote but it's your vote and it's you're always going to be more successful when you're sincere and who you actually are Love it. I couldn't agree more. Um, and that's it for this All episode. Right. Oh, you were amazing. Okay. Thank you. Um, guys, thank you so much. If you're listening, thank you very, very much for tuning in today. Um, you can follow Veronica on Instagram at Veronica Chu. So it's just very, very straightforward. Um, V-E-R-O-N-I-C-A-C-H-U. Uh, you can follow the podcast at Coming Up In My Sneakers. Um, and if you guys are listening on Apple Podcasts and you enjoy, uh, if you enjoyed this episode and if you enjoyed past episodes, 
please feel free to give it a five-star rating. I would very much appreciate it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, and I will talk to you guys next week. Have a great week, everyone. And do not get caught wearing dirty sneakers. Bye.